brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Cycle Vertical Podcast. It's me, Andy Kirkpatrick, back again. I'm in my uh, in my orifice upstairs, and uh, the family downstairs. So Vanessa's got like a about a week to a week to go until this baby baby pops out. So she's downstairs tidying up or something. So you might hear some like banging and things. Hopefully, there's no children banging on the door to get to be let in. Um, it's funny when you. When you're like, it's, I'd have to give, I'd have to give birth, but it's kind of funny when you're coming towards the point when this baby's going to come out. Like you don't, you you tend not to think about it. You're just trying to kind of, you don't want to, you don't want to think about it. So, but it's a little bit like getting on a on a roller coaster, and the roller coaster is like slowly going up the hill, going up the hill. You know, it's going up before it drops down the other side. And like once you're on a roller coaster, you can't get off it. You just have to, you just have to stay on it. But you don't know at what point this uh, the roller coaster is gonna go over the top. So it's, you know, you're just waiting for that when it's like, oh, my, wa- my waters have broken, and it's suddenly like, ah. So it's a uh, yeah, it's a really weird. Is it? I guess you call it like a phony war. This 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 sort of part of you know of having of having a baby. So. Yeah, so yes, it'd be it'd be kind of uh, interesting to see how how all that, how all that turns out. But it's like a lot the sort you know this the kind of stoical attitude of just you just deal with what you can deal with. Like I do find myself a lot of the time saying to Vanessa, probably saying to myself, I don't don't focus on the things that you can't you can't deal with. You know you can't change, and also don't focus. On things that haven't happened yet, you know, trying to, th- I suppose you can strategize how you can, you know, like what happens if this baby comes and he doesn't sleep and it's just like, well, don't worry about it. Like, you'll just have to work it out if that happens or what if Noah tries to murder him or something or murder her, so her anyway. So, um, so the, uh, this baby's going to be called Isla because I've, all my children have to have two syllable names, um, and four letters. So, so it's uh, you and Ella, Noah, and Isla. So because of course it's got such a long second name, you don't have enough. You don't have enough room on forms and stuff if you if you you know if you have a baby. Like yeah, the other the other day, I was I was uh, pushing Noah on this swing, and there was a mum next to me with her child, and I was like talking about babies' names and. Uh, and um, and the, we're having this conversation about babies' names. Then for Noah, and I suddenly said to Noah, like, "Oh, do you want me to push you higher, um, um, Cornelius?" And the woman was like, "Oh, that's a nice name." I was like, "That's not actually his name. I just made that up." So I, I think Cornelius, he's like one of the apes out of Planet of the Apes. So that's why I always think about Cornelius. I did, I did, I did once meet someone. They had two kids. One was called Labyrinth, 
and one was called Raven. So it's kind of interesting. Um, on the on the subject of, uh, I, I was thinking, I've been, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it had had real proper sections like media media corner and all and all that kind of stuff so i was thinking i should i should make this into like a magazine type podcast where i have like little like ning nang ning now media corner or something like that and uh um uh but yeah <laughs> i probably won't but uh, what, what's what's in my media corner what's on what have i been doing this week what's my media corner i've just finished reading um solaris by thingy lem what his name is that russian fella uh and uh yeah kind of interesting interesting book it's got some really um some really strong bits in it uh and uh and it's just yeah it's very it's very interesting i think it's a probably a a man book i think because it's uh it's quite a lot of it is i don't know it's very it's just a really it's very interesting how it's written it's written as as a, almost like a you know it's like referencing all these books and um and uh material produced by these expeditions to the to the planet um of solaris um i've not i've not really read much science fiction i've not really I've hardly read any i've read june i've read june a few times and uh but you're not reading much science fiction um was it I, I used to have this uh i once had a cleaner this is a long time ago because uh, uh, we both work in my me and my ex wife we had like a we're all we we both worked full time and we had like two kids, so we had this like someone used to come and uh, clean up, <laughs> clean up our house, which was oh god, it was terrible. I, I, I you know, again, I think I was mentally ill at the time. So I remember I once said to her, like, oh, do you like Lord of the Rings? And she said, oh, it's a bit too far fetched for me. And um, so <laughs> no, Harry Potter, that was it. Like Harry Potter, oh, it's a bit too far fetched. Um, was that wasn't Don Willans when? He was on expedition with Greg Child, and someone was reading Lord of the Rings, and they and they give it to 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 uh, to Don Willans to read, and and he was like, "Oh, what do you think, Don?" He went, "Fucking fairies." So, so yeah. So one one thing I was one thing I was in my uh, on my thing I was I was thinking I was thinking in my new podcast format, which is not going to happen, is I should do Instagram corner where I try to explain what the what the hell I'm. Um, what the hell I'm talking about sometimes on Instagram because people get very confused. Uh, I, I've I, I keep I'm I'm always on the verge of like going back off Instagram, but it because it is such a distraction and it is some, like I was I was googling um, I was I was googling translations of a thousand and one tips because you you have all these you get all these translations of your books but you basically never get paid for them. Which is kind of you have to basically get a good uh, advance if you're doing like a foreign sale, but you can't really tell how many they've sold or what the hell's going on. So I was like googling um, what ten thousand one tips, and I came across for some reason there was something on UK bouldering, and um, it was basically loads of people go. I think it was like 2018 or something on the forum, people just going on about how. I'd just become the most, uh, repre- you know, like awful, um, un- you know, untouchable, um, right-wing, fascist, Trump-loving, you know, you, you, you basically name it. That that's what I thought I'd become, and people were alarmed at my Instagram posts and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, so I actually, I actually, 
I actually emailed. <laughs> I had to make up a fake account because anyway, I have got I have an account on UK Bolding, but I don't know what it is. What anyway, so I emailed one of the people who were like saying how he was shocked and appalled at how I turned into this, you know, crazy person. Um, and I just I just emailed him and I was like, this is not me being an asshole emailing you like like you know I'm not I'm not stalking you. But I'm just I'd just be really interested if. And well, I was like four or five years, four or five years on, do I still seem such a crazy person or have you, you know, because I do get a lot, I do get a lot of uh, messages from people saying, I used to think you were, a, you know, an asshole or whatever. I thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought you'd just gone mad. But actually, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think you are. Like I was actually, I was actually having this conversation with my dad yesterday and I was talking about this I saw this thing where it was um, Jordan Peterson being interviewed by that guy. What's his awful, awful guy? What's his name? Um, anyway, but where Jordan sees where he, where he said, "Oh, do you represent? Do you represent um, uh, incels? Incels, what we call them. You know, men who sit in the in their sort of bedrooms watching pornography and playing computer games. Sounds like sounds like a good life to me. And uh, and Jordan Peterson's like, yeah." Yeah, why not? You know, and uh, and he starts, he's you know, he's like tearing up. It's a very emotional bit of video. And my dad was kind of really surprised when I was telling him about this. Like, oh, like I think my dad really, my dad listens to this podcast, so so you know, I do apologise if this is not true. But my dad, um, like a lot of people, they have these views of of people that that are just based on um, secondhand information. Um, you know they they don't actually ever go and sit there if they look at a video of this person say oh, I'm going to look at this video on the guardian website and you'll see this like edited video where they just make this person look absolutely you know awful but if you actually if you actually listen like this this Lex Friedman podcast with um, Jordan Peterson I listened to recently Christ almighty like that's got to be one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to it was like just so you know this this is a yeah, you live in a world where where everything is just so thin. You know, it's just there's no no real substance to anything really, and this is like a conversation where it's, you know, it's like it's so dense and it's so weighty and healthy and, you know, it's 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 kind of how things I feel like that's how things used to be in the in the past. Where now it's just this this veneer of of, of something. Um, so yeah, so I said to my dad like you should go and. You know, I think my dad had this impression that oh, like oh, I thought Jordan Peterson was like you know like um, like Gables or something. I was like, no, you need to go and just li-. and also like I think I think someone like Jordan Peterson often comes across in a certain way because he's t- always on guard because everyone's always trying to get that kind of gotcha like ah like what was that thing when someone said to him do you believe in God? And he said, I act as if I do. And they're like, ah, I got you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, which is actually the best, best way to, to, you know, it's like, do you believe in monogamy? It's like, oh, well, I act as if I do, you know, like it's um, in front of my wife. No, but, you, you know, you have to, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it is really sad. It's sad when you, when there are people who really have something i even even one of my you know one of my heroes i would say is like um like brett weinstein and um heather hine and you know the, the i i just can't i can't think of someone who would be a 
a kinder, nicer, more like totally left wing, progressive, blah, blah, blah. Everything that we're told you should aspire to, that these people really represent that. But yeah, um, you know, I've mentioned they wrote this book, you know, The Hunter Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century, which is, a great, which is a great book. And I've mentioned it to people that's like, oh, yeah, I've heard about I've heard about them. And basically, they've read a review on on The Guardian or, or some of the website. <coughs> and they've just, um, you know, someone's just completely, you know, like just uh, slandered them, basically, and just said that these are like despicable human beings. And so, yes, yeah, so uh, the, pe- the people who are are the people who were really supposed to think or you know you know the truth you know people we should trust and um you know good people like who i wonder who who would who would they be i guess you know like i guess it's i don't know but it's um but yeah it's it's very like if i ever i've a lot of a lot of my uh stuff on instagram is about i think it's about sense making is our sense making apparatus is is being um you know sort of subverted or like almost everything i think is is the other way around um like good people are bad and healthy food is bad and all that kind of stuff it's um but it's all it's i guess it's all um subjective isn't it like it's it's whatever whatever works for you but i think if you're if unless you go unless you do really do some research into it you're never going to uh you know, you're never going to really understand what, you know, what's it? I was like, there's some quote I could use here about if you don't understand your your enemies, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but it's, um, yeah, it's a, and I feel like that it's, it's maybe it's getting harder and harder to find those. Like I was, I was really interested in, um, in, um, uh, Holocaust denial. Like not less, not, I wasn't really interested in like the, the denial of the Holocaust, but I was interested in, in the whole subject of Holocaust denial, um, like when, like when you're in, when you're in the Middle East, basically, if you believe in the Holocaust, then you're the one who's crazy. So, and it's probably that's probably the same. I would say, I would say, like anti-Semitism is like the default setting in probably most of the world. Like it's probably it's definitely the default setting. I would say in the Middle East, in the um, in like Eastern Europe, still. Uh, like I always have this thing that this this viewpoint that the Holocaust was a way of saying to future generations, oh, this was this, like, one moment in time when this terrible thing happened and now it's over. When really, you know, like, you know, the the holo- you know the persecution of the Jews and stuff, you know, it was going on for, for centuries and, uh, and, and and still goes on and stuff. And um, so it's, it's almost like a... It actually, it's, it's like a logjam in actually trying to understand the subject... And like when I went to Poland, I was like really shocked at the whole kind of Holocaust tourism and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. It's a, so it's a really it's a really interesting subject and trying to understand. Like I think often you get people who have a, an interest in something, and the reaction they get in 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 um the, is so out of proportion to their interest in it. It actually makes them double down and like there must be something there must be like if you again back to the Kanye West thing I mentioned in the last last podcast you know the the fact that this person has been like utterly destroyed for making a remark which is probably a, something that rests in the heads of lots of Americans is uh 
almost more disturbing than what he actually what he actually said. So, you know, so yes, so it's a so yeah, so a lot a lot of the a lot of the stuff on my Instagram is about is is uh, maybe sometimes I'll just put in a quote and I won't actually put, I won't actually say who it's from because because it's actually a really good quote. But if you said it was from you know somebody the wrong person or from a source that has been deemed you know to be uh, you know you know evil, then people won't 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 take the time to try and absorb it and try and see if there's anything in there that's of interest. So I once had a picture it was of so I used to have a, an Instagram account that had like 14,000 followers and I deleted that one so now I've got one that's about 700 followers which is completely fine. And I'm actually trying to like lose followers that's my kind of that's the way to try and stay sane in the in this world to try and get people to not like you not not the other way around. And I think I had a picture of um, AOC in from America. If you don't know who she is, then um, um, I, I can't pronounce her name. Anyways, AOC, and it was a picture of her, you know, um, Hispanic sort of, you know, progressive politician, blah blah, young woman, blah blah blah. And it was this this quote um, about the rich, and uh, you know, and you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like the bastards and they're taking everything and and what about the poor people blah 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 and then at the end it was from <laughs> joseph goebbels and um he's like damn you tricked me you tricked me so but it is it is kind of interesting the especially you know, this thing about staying in your lane is uh you know so i wrote that i've wrote a few things about how the outdoors is not racist and outdoor people aren't racist and they and they have no animus towards minorities and they actually would like bend over backwards to help anybody, you know, if you know, gay, gay, black, disabled, whatever. Like these, they actively, you know, it makes them feel better about themselves, you know, it, you know. So I've done quite a few things about how, you know, this is like really a negative. You know, this is this is not good. This is going to actually make things worse, and uh, it's going to it's going to make people more militant and. Um, uh, and, I, and I said about how the how it, how these kind of walk things can sort of contaminate um, institutions like the BMC and um, Kendall Film Festival, and suddenly almost everything is about you know some black fucking boulder who's trying to find their place in fucking bouldering. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's just like and you can't make fun of it, you can't criticize it, you know, because because then you're part of the problem. Blah blah blah. So I've I've written a few things about that, and people are always like. Oh, what do you know about it? You know, like, <laughs> you know, stay in your lane. It's like, well, I've been climbing for like, fucking forty-five years, and I've worked in all these for things, and you know, there's probably not many people who know more about it than I know. So, like, if I'm not t- allowed to sort of question it, like, you know, so that's I think I think that's um, you know, it's kind of the you know, but but I, I have I I do feel like sometimes my my role in climbing is to be that man you know that guy like the ass the asshole who is a, a pain in the 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 side of every pain in the ass to every to everybody and um you know this thing on this forum it's it's like why can't he just stick to talking about climbing like why does he have to you know start going off on about you know like Im- immigration or you know all these all these, all these things but um like a lot of the uh, like you know this thing recently so David Icke is basically being being classed as a terrorist um 
and uh, which is kind of disturbing. It's like it's like a class class three terrorist, so you can't travel to any European country. I don't think outside of the UK, I'll have to look into it. But you know, you, it's a it's a sad state of affairs when fucking David Icke is a terrorist. You know, it's really um, you know, there's, there's you know, if, if if someone like him is a real is a real threat, then I would say that the people who were supposed to be making sense of these things like the media are not doing their job because if they if they're if people really trusted these people then they wouldn't be listening to david ike but you know like often like when i look at the news like i'll probably look at the bbc website like three or four times a day and i generally will be thinking almost everything that i'm reading is probably not what's going on or it's a it's a it's what the you know what they want you to think is going on but really it's not like it's not quite like that so it's almost like a like a barometer of like what's not what's not really going on um like some things are really you know a, a max you know a, a given like a huge amount of um exposure and other things you know other things aren't like there's a lot of stories about iran which i find kind of wor- worrying um you know and you'll 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 sort of point out to people like this woman actually you can see she she wasn't actually beaten up and died of her injuries like she did actually have a heart attack you can see the the all the all the stuff about it like it that you know and they say well it doesn't matter if that's not true because because this has happened or this is and it's um you know so it is i guess we live in you know people talk about post truth i guess that's where we I guess that's where we're, we're, you know, it's the people who go on about like how terrible we live in a post-truth world are actually the ones who are making it fucking post-truth because it's, you know, it's just like poet. Which doesn't matter if it's not true, but it, as long as it's like, you know, serves this, um, the, the the you know, the poetry, the poetic truth of of these things. That's what really matters. But it's you, know, it's, you can't really base your base your um, you know, your future. I think I think I'm probably probably having kids makes me more concerned about these things um like in the perfect world you just i'd just be talking about climbing and none of this kind of shite but it does it does kind of bleed in bleed into to everything you know it, eventually it comes it comes knocking on your door so it's um you know so yeah like I'm, i always i always i always hope that that i will be proved to be wrong about like i don't know what's going on but i know that something's going on and um you know there's something something bad's going on <laughs> but i hope i'm wrong you know and then people just say oh that guy said that something bad is going on and nothing happened so the way everything was fine so that that's and it, and it, it would be good to to i guess i guess what happens is you eventually you know like old people like i don't care what i don't care you know they just kind of switch off they do care really but they're like i don't care and um and I think you just have to. I think you have to care. You have to keep. You have to keep fighting, even if you're fighting for the wrong, for the wrong thing. Um, you have to keep going through this like process of analysing all your, all your um, your thoughts and everything, and not to be not to be afraid. I think maybe maybe in the past people were less afraid to say crazy shit, you know. And then you could be like, you know, in the last podcast I was saying about, I don't think you should be able to vote unless you pay tax you know so then i'd have a conversation with my which is not like a fully formed opinion it's just uh 
you know, it's like you shouldn't be able to vote unless you've been in the army, you know, unless you've, you know, to become a citizen and all that kind of stuff. Like these are these are like old fashioned ideas, but they're kind of they're, they they came about probably for a for a good reason. But I was talking to my brother-in-law who's like a barrister, and he, you know, he he. So we, you know, you you you, could, you bring this thing up and he'll 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 have an opinion, I'll have an opinion, and he'll talk about it and it'll modify your your thing. And that's what you, that's what you're supposed to do. Like if you don't voice these things then they just they just metastasize inside your brain you know and you you really need to um you know so, so my my brother-in-law is like really really pro-life and but he he comes at it as a from a, a legal point of view because he's a barrister that like an unborn child deserves to have rights you know we're all talking about human rights well it is a human and it needs to it needs to be protected and all this kind of stuff it's not just uh you know it's it's not just something you just dispose of um and uh you know so when i first met him i thought he was crazy i thought like you you're one of these like religious nut jobs he is a religious nut job but i but but he is i think it was a, it's a legal point of view but you can have some really good conversations with him and i've modified my opinion on abortion and um and he hasn't so <laughs> So, but it's but I, but I'm I often put forward the opinions on abortion from someone who is actually uh, pro-choice, and uh, and whether he doesn't, we, we might he might not agree with me, but um, there I think it's important to see what the why. So I would say to him, like you know, when by bringing religion into it, it's it's like really counterproductive to your argument because that ought in the mind of atheist people like in the UK that would just kind of negate anything you say after that point because they think you're crazy. So, and again, it's the same thing, like who's saying it? Like if it was a priest saying it, um, people aren't going aren't gonna to trust what they're saying. But if it's, um, you know, if it's a priest talking about morals, they won't. But if it was like Stephen Fry talking about morals, they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. So it's very, um, you know, it's who, it's who says it, that's the that's important. Or if it was like uh, the Vicar of Dibley saying about it with her upside down cross on her neck, they might, you know, they might, they might get it. So it's, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so I was, I was only, I was only going down this stupid rabbit hole because I was, because I wrote something on Instagram this week, and I thought I might quickly mention it before I get onto some something more interesting. So I wrote this. I watched the film Torn by Max Law about Alex Law. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it's on Disney, Disney Plus, or you call it. So I wrote this little, th- I wrote this little thing. And I'll read it out, see what you think. So, um, finally got around to watching Max Law's film Torn, which I've been putting off for a good reason. Although I was only ever one percent of the climate Alex was, being a dad and doing dangerous shit as my kids grew up gives me some insight into what Alex was going through. And later, Comrade Anchor. It's also been strange having another round of kids later in my life, in my fifties, at a point in life where life means more than it did in my 20s and 30s. My relationship with my kids, older than you, and my wife, actually means more to me than climbing now. In brackets, a truth that's only real if if it can be demonstrated by real sacrifice, the sacrifice of ambition rather than them. Otherwise, it's just words. One thing I felt about Alex was he was never able to become a reformed climber, a recovering narcissistic asshole, his story was only part writ, and in dying, ended up unfinished. In the film, you can see he was a stranger to his kids, 
They're, they're just background to his life, him, a walk on part in theirs. And he knew it. You can see it in his face, yet he still couldn't stop. I once said that what what can keep you alive as a parent who climbs is a thought of your children crying outward and in for minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, a lifetime. But that's the thing. You wouldn't have to. You'd be dead. So um, so Alex, actually, Comrade Anchor actually replied to 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 this. Um, he said, if, you, if you've climbed El Cap or projects larger and earned a paycheck from climbing, you're 99% the climber Alex was. No self-depreciation. Uh, we are what we are in this stage of life. To base your character assessment on a 90-minute film is your choice. Alex wasn't a narcissistic asshole. He was just there for his family and community. Gravity and the pitfalls it brings was his calling. But your but your measure but your measure parents that climb are labelled with some pretty tough standards, yours included. Um I did reply, what did I write? I don't I don't think Alex was a narcissistic asshole, like all climbers. I loved Alex. Or you. But my point is I think Alex had begun to view himself as a narcissistic asshole. You can see it in his eyes, his life was a performance, the mountains a stage. Or some more poetic variation of the same thing. And deep down, I'm sure you felt the same about yourself. In brackets, I'm not a mind reader, but you can feel the weight on your shoulders, the responsibility not to die and fuck, fuck, and fuck up a fucked up situation even more. It's not easy to write about these things on social media, but behind all the poetic words and the histrionics, histrionics, there's a great deal of damage done to the people who love us or loved us. And although we there can take the pain and make thing, something beautiful from it, speak something beautiful from it, a film, a relationship like yours and Jennifer, the damage is deep and permanent. Torn is a great film, but the truth of it would be unwatchable. But maybe some of us need to imagine that film now off to paint my baby daughter's bedroom. <laughs> so I'm not sure if Alex, if a comrade ever saw that reply to it, because that's how social media, media works. But... um. Yeah, it's funny. I, I I was the one reason why I don't like why I don't like Instagram and social media is everything I ever write on it. it actually, I do actually find it sort of physically physically painful, and I really dwell on anything on any offence that I make to people or or upset them, or I'll just be thinking about one one stupid uh, comment that you know one the wrong word or something. And I'm, so I'm thinking, like, should I? Did it? Because I, I guess I, I, for me, watching that film, I, I think about. I think it's very easy to, to excuse the sort of, the damage, you do to, to your kids and to your, you know, I think to my to my ex-wife and to. I think maybe maybe think about getting old as you start, you start questioning all the all the things you know that you're that you did in your life and you're much more critical of them than you were were at the time um and uh yeah i don't i think it's it's like it's very easy to say well what if alex or comrade anchor had been in the you know in the army or what if they'd been working offshore or whatever but i think it's just the it's just not this it's just not the same because it's not as dangerous like if you had you know, an equivalent number of 
soldiers going off and dying in the same percentages as Himalayan mountaineers. You know, you'd lose the war. <laughs> the war would end because you'd have lost it. Um, and it's and it's just kind of the unrelenting nature where you're just doing like one trip after the other, which I think, which is actually kind of a modern phenomena. Like in the past, you know, people might have, you know, done a big expedition once in their life, you know, and, um, you know, the people who went to climb Everest, you know, how many expeditions did did Edmund Hillary do afterwards? He did, he did some, but he didn't do that many of that, that, you know, that danger where some people are doing those sort of three times a year and they're eventually going to, eventually going to, it's going to, it's going to get them basically. So it isn't, isn't normal. And I, I think there were some things in the, in the film where after Alex Lowe had died, they, they kept on filming as if they were going to make a documentary of it or something. And it's just kind of very uncomfortable. It's kind of sick, basically. Like this person, these two people have just died. And they're just like filming, you know, Conrad's having his bandages changed just the day after. And they're filming him and asking him, asking him all these questions. And and it's just kind of a bit, it's kind of a, like, they probably obviously think they're like, you know, they've got that kind of war, war photographer mentality. Like, oh, this is, you know, this is a serious this is a serious business and we have to capture everything no matter how awful it is but it's not it's like a climbing holiday you know it's not it's, it's, it isn't like that and i find I've, i think i find that increasingly i notice that more and more in films like we watched i think when that film finished like solo came on with alex honnold and this this part of me that thinks like this is kind of a little bit too this is some of it's like it's not like a snuff movie is not too bad because it's because it's real. I'm not saying about. I'm not talking about Alex filming Alex climbing El Cap. That's not the snuff part. But it's kind of manipulative of like, oh, let's get a little bit of, uh, you know, let's get this girlfriend to to cry and um, it's just I don't know. It's just too. It's too. Uh, I can't think of what the word is, but it's but it's something not. It's something not nice. Um, it's exploitative, really, of the of the of the people and they'll, and they'll kind of go along with it because that's what that's that's what people do like the you know it's like bush took a trial or something like people will really debase themselves uh, for the camera and the camera the, the director knows that and uh and it's and it's not and it's basically not right i don't think so um i think <laughs> if you were writing about it that's different <laughs> uh but anyway so so in a so yeah, so I was thinking about, you know, like being the asshole. Like, am I? Was I? Was I wrong to, to, to say that? But so, but sometimes you feel like everyone would just be like, oh, that's a beautiful film, and oh, Alex Lloyd was amazing, and so is Karen Anka. But you, but I often feel like it's my place to to to. It's not well. It doesn't. Really, it's not really. It's my. Like no one's gonna hardly anyone's gonna read it or see it anyway, so it doesn't really it's not like I'm you know, like publishing that in the publishing my opinion anywhere of any value, but I do feel like you do need people to like your David Ikes, basically, you know, even if they're crazy, you do need those people around to to uh do you know the people who walk around used to walk around? 
So, you know, when I was a kid, you left the people walking around with these placards saying, like, the world was going to end and, you know, the rapture was going to come. And, and and everyone just thought they were crazy, but no one ever hassled them. They just let them get on with it. Now those fucking people are everywhere. Like, like every, every child has been made into one of those fucking crazy people. So... Um, and every like old Ed pension as well, apparently. Um, you know, like people, <laughs> you know, people who've had like, you know, you know, seventy year old, someone who's just retired, they spent their whole life like lugging down oil and uh, gas, and you know, getting this massive pension, and they can just buy the VW van and drive around Europe doing what the hell they want. Now they're telling, you know, my kids that you can't have any, they can't have a car, and they're like, wankers. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, but the um, um, you know, but you, but there, there's a you really need those people. I think I, I think I look back at climbing. You had Ken Wilson, you had Jim Byer, you had these like crazy people um, who were just a pain in the pain in the arse of like the the status quo. Who like why don't we just bolt everything because it'll be because it'll be safer and and um, you, yeah, you, you need. You know, our climbers, everyone, climbers are all racist. Like we need to, you know, I, I, there was, there was, there was something, and it was, um, I think it was on Instagram. It was like the, the guide association saying we need more mine, we need more women guides. There's not, there's hardly any women mountain guides, and and I uh, and I put a comment saying, um. Not a, we we should have a moratorium where where no may, no men white men can apply to be a guide for like five years and we need to bring in more minorities and and um, and we shouldn't let white women do it either it should be like you know and also get you know we should it shouldn't be straight anyone straight so just because you're a woman you know if you're white and you're straight you shouldn't be allowed to do it and I did this big long uh, comment um, you know and we ideally we need like a fifty fifty. You know, guides should reflect like the, you know, the makeup of the, of the, of the, you know, of the country. Anyway, so the but the, the the guides association they like liked my comment because they thought I was being on it, being real. I was being, you know, it's a real opinion. But you, that's the thing—you can't really tell what's what's stupid and what's, you know, what was taking the piss and what's actual. Um, someone's being genuine, like genuine thing. So, so yeah, so um. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know what my what my point was really, but it is um yeah, it's, I guess I guess you get, I think I think you have to try and give the give the impression that you don't really care, but the the fact that you're that you're making the effort to 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 say something means you you do care, otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't bother. And and I think often I think often people say I I've got like thin skin. And I think it's just part of, I think it's just part of caring, caring too much. Like I remember, I remember having a, working with someone who was doing like a tour, doing talk, speaking, and it was pretty, pretty dreadful. And we'd written this, um, the copy for the, for the, to go in theatre brochures. And it was like, this is a roller coaster ride of adrenaline. <laughs> it just wasn't. It was just, it was just terrible. Like he took no pride in 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 being on a stage. It was just let's get let's get through it and get to the end as soon as possible and just get the cash, you know, sell some books or whatever. So it was it was yeah, it was pretty it was pretty dire. Anyway, someone um someone sent wrote a letter to us saying like I'd pro- I took my 
son to your to this slideshow and we were really excited and it was you know it was expensive and it was like you know 15 pounds or something each and and it was like dreadful and uh you know it was like really 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 terrible anyway so we we, we maybe we shouldn't have done this but we forwarded it to the to the to the speaker and he was like i don't care and that was it like and and he just knew he just didn't care he didn't he's, he's like tell him to fuck off you know where where i would have just that would have been it for me i would have like stopped doing it or i would have just like every um every kind of every kind of uh criticism really like sort of like i guess it, i guess it makes you try harder next time and i think maybe my, one of my problem is because I've, I've i've got a limited amount of time um, and it's kind of pointless like i could off you could often write a very long like i think my the i wrote a very long article trying to defend the outdoor you know outdoor people against being racists and you know you spend a long time writing it but you kind of think what's the point really because anybody no one's going to read it who thinks that, that they are racist and and a lot of people who would read it who know they're not racist they know they're not racist so what's the point really you might as well just it's more like a guerrilla campaign i guess it's just to keep being pain in the arse and you know and uh, like someone said like I, I i recently stopped doing i recently stopped taking in money on my Substack. so originally I, I was i was probably making about 500 500 euros a month on through Substack because you have lots of people um subscribing to it like you know i've lots of people subscribing to it but then some people pay a little bit of money so i was i was, I was it was like it's like it's a significant amount of money and then i wrote this then i then i wrote something about how the kendall film festival and a lot of film festivals are, are, were going at being sort of captured because of the way the funding works they have to suddenly have all these you know every everyone everyone has to be talking about climate change everyone has to be talking about you know representation and all that kind of stuff and and it's a lot of it's to do with funding how the funding's you know works and but anyway so straight away i lost like 50 percent of subscribers just disappeared so so you so you so your income from writing went down and it's kind of a it's kind of a form of punishment it's corrective it's like if you do this again you know if you stop if you stop doing things like this and maybe we'll come back if you just stick to what we want you to do so i just i ended up just i did i don't want to be restricted by writing stuff that's going to please people because that's why the newspapers are in such a state because they, they're afraid to 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 write anything that's going to upset the readers or or undermine what they've been saying in the past so which eventually which which eventually means that that no one reads new newspapers anyway they'll all they'll all just sort of cancel their subscription so anyway so i actually just switched off all the monies so I, so it's um so i can just i can just do what i want i can just write what i want and it's free so you can you can get upset by, by it but you're not a bit like this podcast really you know it's you're free to come and go you can i can say one thing and that can that can discount everything I've ever said. You know, I could do a hundred podcasts. I'll say one thing, and that's it. You've lost that person. But that's that's the way that's where it goes. Like maybe that person will come back. Maybe later on they'll think. Um, like I think I think I had something about Elon Musk. I think I I, I was saying something 
that, that why whenever you see a picture of Elon Musk say, on the BBC website, he's always in a dicky bow and tie or something. He always looks like a toff, which is very rare to have ever seen him like that in the re- in real life. And I think like someone like Elon Musk is a like an incredible person, and someone you know, especially young people should really try and understand like what he's what he's doing and everything else. But people will be like, no, he's a he's a capitalist pig, blah blah. He's a evil person. He's gonna, you know. So so you you're trying to, you know, you you're trying to point out that this that your your sense making is being warped by just by the use of the images on a website, how they use, how the the language, the way the you know structure sentences, everything else, the words they use. It's, it's, it's trying to give make you think a certain way about a person without you ever having listened to that person or listen you know listen to them talk or understood what they're actually trying to do and um and I actually did have some pers- one person reply le- much later on saying actually I actually went away and actually read upon Elon Musk and what he's doing and everything else and and, and you were you were right like he, he isn't this he isn't who I thought he was so I guess, I guess it's back to that Jordan Peterson thing. It's the same thing. Is that for some reason, like I again, like I dig, I try and try and understand why, why we're being sort of our opinions are being formed in a certain way by certain people. People who, I guess, they're counter. They're not playing the game, are they really? You know, they're not playing the game. That's the problem. They're they're a da- they're a hazard and a danger to the to the. To the to the game being played, you know, like if they don't play the game, what's going to happen? You know, the game's gonna, you know, the the game's, gonna, you know, there's rules to this. Like you're supposed to stick to them, and if you stick to them, then you might get more money on your uh, on your Substack, and you might get more followers, and and you upset you upset anybody, and people say nice things about you, will sell more books, and um, like I think I probably there was someone say I think it was someone was saying that they. Because they'd made fun of, I think it was a comedian. Because they'd started being anti-Trump, they'd lost like fifty percent of their uh, of their followers, for, you know, of their of their fan base. And I think I've probably lost about eighty percent of my fan base. So, um, but but that's but that's the kind of the that's the that's the price you price you pay really. And uh, but yeah, I guess it's more maybe maybe if you didn't. If you didn't have such a, if you didn't have such a, you know, like I've had people writing to my publisher. I've had people writing to the BMC when I was gonna make this film with Jen Randall. Like basically anyone who I made, I, I actually lost sort of work with the magazine because people would like contact them and say you, sh- you can't. This person's a racist or this person's a you know, undesirable person, like you have to, you can't have anything to do with him. And so like sometimes it works and and sometimes it doesn't. But even if it doesn't work initially, they stay by, they stand by you. You are kind of contaminated and it is a, it is a risk to invest any money in someone if you're not quite sure. So, you know, you often, you often get this question of like, what are you, what are you, um, you know what you're trying to say can you explain here what you're actually trying to say and that you know can you can you give a defense about what you're saying here uh, you know or just just can you just can you just tell other people what you're trying to say because i'm unsure and and if they're unsure then maybe they're not maybe they think you're a bad person or something but really it's i think you should i think if you if you look at the 
if you look at everything, you should be able to get an impression of um, of, of somebody what they really are, what they really are. So I've like talked, I've talked too too long now about all this kind of all this kind of stuff. I suppose back to the back to the uh, the Alex Law thing. I suppose I have this I I have this thought about myself. This is not this doesn't apply to everybody else. Is like how much how much joy did sort of alpine climbing you know going on expeditions how much joy did it really bring me or was it just like relief like relief relief is an is a is a kind of joy but it's not this it's not the it's not the same it's very like relief is very fleeting and i guess joy is very fleeting um like happiness happiness is not as fleeting but um the lack of not not being miserable is something that's uh, sustainable of um where where joy and um is it, um ecstasy you know you can't you can't live in like an ex you can't be ecstatic all the time <laughs> it's just not it's not good for you so yeah so it made, it made me it made me yeah if you look at alex like what was his what was his goal? Was it just goals? Was that all he was, you know, did he, did he, he must have known he was eventually going to die doing it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of very, it's a, it's a, I guess it, I guess it gets to the heart of, of human endeavor, really. Like what makes someone push themselves to that, to that level and, and constantly, like you are, you are like I know it's a very, it's a it's a bit of a tropey thing, but you are, you are addicted to something. I'm not. I don't think. I, th- I don't think what you're addicted to is adrenaline. I think you're addicted to some to something else. Like it makes it almost makes everything worthless. It's it's you know it's like pornography, like online or pornography. It makes it makes it worthless basically, and it's the same with if you're just constantly climbing, climbing stuff, like really really hard stuff. You know, you're you're because eventually you're gonna you're gonna be not as good as you were. So it's not like you're gonna keep climbing till you're like amazing. You know, because because you're basically heading towards failure, whatever whatever you do. So hmm, interesting. Like if you like in the film, he talks about wanting to go. His kids want him to go to Disneyland. Like I remember, I went to Disneyland with my kids. It was fucking amazing. I really I didn't want to go. We went we went in. Um, in uh, Los Angeles, and it was like it was probably one of the the best day, <laughs> best days of my life. Because <laughs> it was really, it was really amazing. I think we were there for like we were there from like like nine in the morning to like one in the morning or something. Got our money's worth, but it was like an absolutely amazing, an amazing day. And yeah, like tr- trying to like trying to. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was mainly gonna talk about because this eight-year-old climbed El Cap was it last week, and it's been very controversial. And I was gonna talk about like climbing El Cap with Ella when she was thirteen, and uh, and the but it, like that, I remember like getting to the top of El Cap, and that was one of the, my best moments in my life was was when we were all sitting on the summit. Did we all sleep on top? I can't remember now. And. Uh, yeah, Ella was absolutely wasted, but I just remember just this again. It was, I guess, it's relief, but it's also like you've just achieved something amazing. I've seen your child like achieve something amazing, but but I guess I, I would probably on the on the thing about um, 
when 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 we came, I'll finish. I'll finish now because I, I think I have to go to the my Vanessa's probably waters are broken by now. Um, when we when we came down from El Cap, remember we got on the bus, the the shuttle bus with Ella, and we were, we were going along. And I think I said to everyone on the bus like, "This girl's just climbed El Capitan," and everyone's like, "Way!" And uh, have you seen that? Have you seen that thing? It's on YouTube where this guy's on a bridge and there's a boat going. Um, Going underneath, <laughs> going underneath the fridge, and it's full of like tourists. And the guy goes, "My sister's having a baby," and everyone on the boat goes, "Yay!" And he goes, "Like I'm going to be a dad." <laughs> not a sound, not a sound. Anyway, so I was like, "Oh my, this, you know, my daughter just climbed El Cap," and I was like, "Yay!" All that kind of stuff. But I think they probably thought she just walked up it. I don't think, don't think he realised that she actually climbed up it. So, so when we got to the bridge, um, El Cap Bridge. Um, Tom, who's like the famous Tom who takes the photographs, he was like, "Oh, Ella, you've climbed El Cap. You can sit in this this chair. This is a special chair that you can only sit in if you climb El Cap, which is like a you know, which is like a folding chair." So she sits in there and she's like basking in the glory, and you can see El Cap, whatever. And um, Steve Schneider came up, who climbed El Cap with the previous youngest girl to climb El Cap, who was also thirteen, and. Um, he comes up and he's like Steve was like he's always like so stunned. So anyway, so he comes up and he's like uh he's like, Oh, you're the youngest girl to climb El Cap. And she's like, Really? And because um, I, I just climbed El Cap with a because um I said that when she was thirteen she could climb El Cap because that was when the youngest girl had climbed El Cap. So I wasn't thinking about she would be the youngest. And I was like, uh so he's like, Oh, you're the youngest girl to climb El Cap. And she just she suddenly like sort of you know, like she kind of like uh, blew up, you know. You could see her like feeling like, "Oh, this is amazing." And I was, I was said to her like, "It doesn't, it doesn't matter how. What all that matters is how you feel. All that matters about how you feel about climbing El Cap. It doesn't matter about being the youngest. Like you were just the youngest girl who had the opportunity to climb El Cap. That's all that means. It doesn't mean anything. But it's how it feels to you to have climbed El Cap. And she kind of deflated a little bit but then she was like no she's you know she knew that that was that was the only thing that really means anything it's not about you know record breakers and all that kind of stuff it's it's you know what she had achieved was like a significant thing for herself it was not a, a way of measuring herself against any anybody else or you know younger or, or whatever um and as an aside actually about a year later um a year later she got a she got a a letter or something or an email from the woman who was supposedly previously the youngest woman to climb El Cap who was thirteen, who was now like twenty five or something, like tracked down this like thirteen year old in, in Sheffield and sent her this message saying, Actually I was like a month younger than you, so I'm I'm I was still you know, I'm still the youngest girl. I think probably now there's like a younger girl's climbed El Cap. So it was, <laughs> it was like, so yes, yeah, so when I showed her, when, when I showed her the email, she was like, oh, whatever. And it didn't really matter, you know, and it, and it didn't really. Like if you'd, if you sort of tie your whole ident- identity into this one thing, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really mean anything. So, so yeah, and she'd never really climbed since. So that just shows how she was just a, a tourist after all she didn't take it seriously so yeah you wouldn't I, I don't i wouldn't want i wouldn't have wanted her to suddenly be like what we're going to do next dad could we do like el cap in a day or can we ski to the north pole or 
or all those kind of things because they would probably be more down to me living what i want to do through through hair really and that's not that's not the way to do it so so yeah she got she really got basically got into cheerleading instead just got really into cheerleading so yeah but right i better go we've got better gone gonna go to the gonna go to to salt hill which is where the where the beach is it's uh it's actually it's been raining like basically all week and we had a big storm here so it's um so it's probably the one day of goodish weather before the before the weather comes so Okay, I did have some questions. I have got some questions here. I've got one about cold hands. I've got one about risk, and I shall promise I shall I shall answer those next week. Um, honestly, I'll, I'll 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 get back on to I'll get back on course, and I'll you know I'll fly I'll fly straight. I'll stay in my lane, and um, from next week. Okay, goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.